Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Jameis Winston says he's going back to quarterback school. And he says the Saints offer the Harvard of quarterback schools. What does that make Tampa Bay? And general manager Jeff Ireland in New Orleans says Winston will be coached better than he ever has in his entire life. It sounded like he insulted the Bucks just a little bit there. And case closed, Tom Brady did not break the rules when he met with Byron Leftwich, breaking and entering maybe, but the NFL has cleared him saying he was only going to pick up his playbook. And we've got Chris Trello of Spectrum Sports Bay News 9 to break down the Bucks draft, among other topics, on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, folks, uh, tomorrow we're going to have our popular mailbag segment. You get a chance to ask us questions on the Bucks, the Bolts, the Lightning, the Rays, anything you got. And uh, for that matter, when we'll see those sports again. So here's what you do. Just uh, hit us up on Twitter at Sports Day TB. That's at Sports Day TB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Mailbag segment tomorrow. Get your questions in now. All right, Steve, so it's uh, official now that Jameis Winston has, in fact, signed with the New Orleans Saints for one year. Uh, we don't have the terms of the agreement. I'm sure uh, part of that might be because they're not going to be very impressive, right? I mean, Marcus Mariota, I think, got $8 million guaranteed, so you can think you can imagine it would be in that ballpark, but that's a long way from the $21 million that Jameis made last year. And, you know, he was on an Instagram with Charlie Ward, the former Florida State quarterback and New York Nick, of all things. And he went on there for long, but it was his first interview, really just an hour after the Saints had released the information. And, you know, Charlie Ward, let's face it, he's, you know, he's he's not exactly Mike Wallace, right? I mean, he's not. Not the best interviewer in the world, um, but he did. He did, you know, ask Jameis at least the biggest question, which is, why, you know, why New Orleans? Um, you basically have, you know, virtually no chance to start uh, behind Drew Brees, and you know, to his credit, I thought I thought Jameis was fairly honest. You know, he he acknowledged that. Uh, you know, he did. He did mention, of course, who's there, right? And he said to be a part of, the, you know, Drew Brees, and mentioned Taysom Hill for whatever reason, and Sean Payton and Joe Lombardi, who's the quarterbacks coach, Pete Carmichael, the offensive coordinator. He said, when you think about that room, I mean, it's like the Harvard education and quarterback school. So I wanted to put my ego aside, put my money aside, think about my family, think about my career, and there was no better position than to be in that room with someone that I've looked up to, like Drew Brees, blah blah blah. Um, I got to thinking about that. If if the Saints are the Harvard quarterback school, what does that make? What does that make BA and Clyde Christensen and Byron Leftwich like Arkansas State? Like what are we, what are we talking about? Here? Well, hey, I went to the Harvard of the South there in Jonesboro. Don't okay. get, don't get it twisted. Yeah. It was a good school, but no, you know, seriously, like that's the. I mean, hey, you had some good coaching. Um, I can appreciate that you didn't have Drew Brees. Uh, you know, certainly, you know, he's another player. He's not a coach. He's not going to coach you, but you're going to learn a lot nonetheless. And, and Drew Drew is one of those guys, I think, that will actually 
uh, go out of his way to try to help his teammates and help Jameis. Like he's helped, you know, Taysom Hill, though mm-hmm. Hill's a different type of player. But um, it's, you know, it's a, it was a, uh, the one thing he did say um, is that it's, he, he did acknowledge, he says, you know, I, I did some great things with the Bucks, And he says, and I'm going to miss being a starting quarterback. And I thought that was that was fairly telling, right? Because that's really what's happening here. What's happening here is that Jameis Winston is deciding I'm not only am I not going to be, you know, a starting quarterback, but I'm going to a place where with the exception of last year when, when Drew Brees tore the ligaments in his thumb, which is kind of a freak accident, Drew Brees doesn't miss games. I mean, he went fifteen years and didn't miss more than a game. And if he did, it was because they had clinched you know, whatever playoff spot, and they were locked in, and so they didn't play him the last week of the season. So he really is, this is really for sort of educational purposes. He's not going to make a ton of money. I don't know what other options he had. I mean, you know, when you hear Pittsburgh, um, you really don't know. But yeah, That was you, a backup you know, you, option, though, too. It's not like you yeah, were going to start they, there. Right, and I think he would have been a backup no matter where he went, right? I think it's obvious that nobody saw him as a starting quarterback because had they seen him as a starting quarterback – he would have gotten nibbles before the draft, right? There were teams that needed quarterbacks, but they wanted to go into the draft and see if they could get their guy. Miami got to a tongue of Aloha. Um, you know, uh, the the Los Angeles, uh, you know, Chargers got got their guy, Justin and, Herbert, and yeah. got Justin Herbert. So, I mean, you know, these teams, and and even some of the back and some of the young guys, you know, some backups when Jalen Hurts went to the Philadelphia Eagles. So. So some of those jobs were taken by rookies and by guys coming out in the draft. But had people seen him as a starter, he would have signed before the draft. And now that it's over. But there still are situations like a Jacksonville where, you know, you, you've got a guy that's a sixth-round pick. Sure, they like him. But it, does, it doesn't necessarily mean he's going he's gonna to be able to hold somebody off. I mean, I would have thought maybe he'd try to find a wobbly guy. You know the way Ryan Tannehill did with Mariota last year, and you know, and see if he can ride it. Instead, he's hoping he's hoping for a big break. And you know, for Teddy Bridgewater to to do what he did without him starting five games and playing well in those five games and winning all of them, as it turns out, he's not getting the sixty-two million dollar contract from the Carolina Panthers. You know what Teddy Bridgewater did the two previous years? He didn't play. He didn't play because Drew Brees played every game, and that could easily happen to Jameis Winston. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, well, he, he mentioned too, he said, he goes, uh, there's a proverb and this is actually a pretty good proverb. He goes, uh, humility comes before honor. So I have to humble myself. And this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to be with breeze and just prepare. And I got me to thinking because I think interceptions comes before being a backup. Um, he just threw too many and that, and that's, had any other team trusted him, right, after five seasons? And they all played him, right? I mean, he got around the league. I think he played every division in football in the five years he was with the Bucks, mm-hmm. because, you know, it rotates, AFC and NFC. Yeah, every four years and you he, play every team. Yeah, he played every team in the league. So they all know what Jameis Winston is about, and no one had enough trust to make him a starting quarterback. That's where the humility came from. That's where you're humbled. Well, you've, right? always, you've always said, have the press conference. Right. You sign him to be your starting quarterback. What's the first question? Mm-hmm. Uh, you threw 30 picks last year. Hasn't been done in 30 years in the NFL. Right. First 30 for 30 guy. Why are you the starter? 
That's I mean that's the first question. So, you know, even if he doesn't play in New Orleans, a year removed from starting helps that. You th- in well, the future. I mean, it, I guess it does. I guess it gets you further away from your your last experience. Which nobody argues the talent, right? Nobody will argue that New Orleans is a great place to learn. I mean, you look that's at the offensive minds there and stuff. Even if he doesn't, it play it can much, only help him. It can only help him. You know, being in that room for a year isn't going to hurt him. No. In, in the eyes of others. No, that's true. And perception maybe is the biggest thing here, right? Perception might be just what he's saying. I humbled myself. Mm-hmm. I went to study. I put in the work. Uh, I didn't play, but, I, but I'm better prepared. I know what it looks like. I had a coach um, tell me, you know, that's close to Winston and say, uh, you know, he'll, 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 get, he'll get the bird's eye view. He'll get to see how a winner at that position wins games, how it's, you know, how, how a franchise is led, right, by actions and not just by the words. You know, ironically, it was New Orleans when he did all that crazy, I think, eating the finger stuff. I can't remember. the. I w's believe it was, that. yes. I believe it was. And, and it also was New Orleans when, you know, Mike Evans got tossed for trying to defend him because Jameis had gotten hurt and was on the sidelines and he was barking at one of the defensive backs and Evans came over there and cleaned him out. Um, so he's had some bad experiences there. He's had mostly bad experiences there, in fact. He did beat the Saints at home a couple of times, I think. But, you know, it really is it really is a step back. And we've said it. It's a step back to move forward. I just don't know if he, you know, he'll need a break. He'll need, I hate to say it, he'll need Breeze to get injured. I mean, he'll need Breeze to miss a game or two that matters. But you're talking about a 40-year-old quarterback. That could happen. It could, it could, ha- it absolutely could happen. There's no question. I mean, he's, and 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 even if it doesn't happen, okay. Here's the other upside, and and I'm sure this is the angle he's thinking. So I get in there and I get relationships with with Sean Payton, and I take all his knowledge, and I get Drew Brees, and I take all his knowledge, and I go on the practice field every day with Joe Lombardi and Pete Carmichael, and they learn my skills. They look at me and they go, "Wow," you know. And he's going to be a wow guy, you know. In practice, now they've seen this guy play. He's beaten them before, so I mean they know what his upside is. His upside is really high. The problem is, can they make that ceiling not be as low? Can they raise or the floor? Can they raise the floor to get closer to where their ceiling is? Because his floor is way really really low. So um, if they can do that, he may impress them enough during the course of the year that if Drew Brees retires, they may say, "Hell, we got our quarterback. He knows the offense. He's mm-hmm. been here a year." He's done the work. We've changed a lot of things about him. Um, and so that, to me, is the foot in the door, right? I mean, that's kind of what he is, is the foot in the door guy. Let me get my foot in the door. If Breeze moves on, I not only you know have a starting job, perhaps, but I have a starting job with an organization that has won. I'm not, re- not going to be the guy right, that has to be the savior and try to pull them up like I did with Tampa Bay or, or a bad football team, Cincinnati or somebody like that, I'm going to already be in a position where there's really good players and really good coaching. And, and so I just have to do my job. Um, and, and, you know, and that, that part of it might be good for him. On the other hand, if he doesn't play at all and, and the Saints don't want him or Breeze comes back, you've got a whole year. The last tape you have is with Tampa Bay. So no one necessarily thinks you're better because they haven't seen you in a year. And you, you're, you're kind of in the same situation again. Is somebody going to make you a starter when you haven't played for a year? Well, they might, I guess, if they're just desperate. 
if they got nobody, but there'll be a whole new crop of quarterbacks in the draft next year, a better crop, in fact, than this season. Or it may be, it may be a team that wants competition for somebody. Yeah. Which, you know, at right. that point, Jameis may be given a shot to compete. Right. And he'll, and that's what I mean. If he wants to be a starter again, you got to put yourself in that position. He did not put himself in the position to be a starter this year. He basically said, if, if everything goes the way that the Saints hope, I will never see the field. Won't see the field. And that's kind of weird to me. But I get the whole education. Harvard? I don't know. I don't know if it's Harvard. Does that mean the yeah. uh, the Patriots are Yale? <laughs> well, yeah. So we got we got the, the Packers, the, you know, Green Bay with Favre and Rodgers and that that tree. The Cornell, uh, yeah. Princeton, yeah. I don't know. We I know this. We get we get the, uh, you know, we got the valedictorian from from Yale playing quarterback for the Bucks. You know, let me ask you this: just spitballing. Because people ask me this all the time. Had the Bucks come to Jameis Winston and said, yo, I know this Brady guy, he's going to play two years, maybe three. Okay? You're going to go be a backup? Do it here. Learn from the GOAT. Is there much difference between Brady and Breeze? Well, the rings there are, obviously, but if you're going to back up somebody. Well, here's the thing. Or would that have been too divisive and too I, fresh? I think if you're Tampa Bay, first of all, you paid him $21 million last year. What are you going to pay him? Six, seven, eight, ten million this year? Yeah, hey, let's say eight. Let's say it's okay. eight. Okay. I mean, so guys probably let's say the money's is, I, The money's the same as what New Orleans is giving I, them. I get say. that, but you made $21 million from this team last year. Now they're only paying you eight? Yeah. So you're kind of bitter. Do you want that in your quarterback room? So is this is this Gerald McCoy? In other words, I'll take less money to go somewhere else. Sure. Even though Gerald was starting, it was a different story. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it all depends on the person. Um, I know why he probably would say no. But, but I, I mean, I guess look, I know. look if you're the Bucks and, and you're ready to move on from Jameis, you've decided mm-hmm. that that what's behind door number two is better. It's Tom Brady, but he, yeah. whether it was Teddy Bridgewater, whoever it is, at yeah. that point, don't you just want to walk away from Jameis? Because the other thing I is, so. so the other thing is, so Tom Brady gets hurt, mm-hmm. and Jameis comes in and throws four picks. Now yeah. what do you have? <laughs> well, let me let me just let me just slow you down a little bit because if Tom Brady gets hurt, you're going to Blaine Gabbert. Well, I, I okay? get that. I mean, that's the reality. Let's 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 just let's remember that that yeah, maybe Jameis comes in and throws four picks, but regardless, it's now Blaine Gabbert. That's your backup. So I mean I would think a lot of Bucks fans that have written to me said I don't know I'd rather have Jameis than but I mean why if sure. he's going to be a backup why don't he just be a backup here but the, the other part of it is is the, there's always that running storyline about Jameis Winston all year so sometimes right. it's easier just to walk away at that point and I and and if I were Jameis I would turn that down mm-hmm. I would turn down the chance I, I mean if I was the Bucks I wouldn't have offered it anyway but if I'm Jameis and it was offered I would turn it down. If I had a, if I had another option, New Orleans or whoever, I mean it's a terrible parallel, right? But it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, the wife divorced me and she's remarried, and they're all living in this house. And they said I could have a room if I wanted one. Mm-hmm. You know, like ah, you know, I'm good. <laughs> like, there used to be the country song, you know yeah. that that's that that's my that's my girl, my whole world, but that ain't yeah. my truck. And the guy drives by his house, and somebody's. 
it's that's kind of how you'd feel if you were Jameis Winston, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I the opportunity for either side to get what they want out of that deal is not very good. Yeah, I agree. At, at that point, it's time for a fresh start. Would you have offered if you were the Bucks? Would you have offered him that no. chance? No, no, no. Once you have Brady or Bridgewater, whoever. No, if you want to bring Jameis back as your starter, fine. If if you know if if you couldn't get Brady, if Bridgewater's number well, two, that was if, the if plan. Jameis is your number three, and that's who you went with, fine. But that as, was as a plan, backup, yeah. I, I you know he's been so polarizing anyway as the starting quarterback. Yeah, that I, I just don't know if I want my backup quarterback to be a storyline all year. Right. You know, and a distraction, and, it, and, and all the other stuff that comes with it. Not that you know, it's kind of hard to distract the the Brady train in Tampa Bay, but. <laughs> That's a big hurdle. <laughs> yeah, you're not slowing that down. Holy God. I mean, I get up every day. And speaking of Brady, by the way, it's a great segue. That's what they do in radio. That's why you're the best. You like that? Yeah. Um, you just serve them up and I'll knock them out. Uh, speaking of Brady, so the NFL had another investigation. <laughs> Tom Brady knows it. This was, this was an inquiry. This wasn't even a – this was nothing, frankly. Uh, it was an inquiry on behalf of uh, Pro Football Talk and Mike Florio, basically, who sort of turned Brady in uh, and said, whoa, 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 hey, this whole, you know, going to Byron Leftwich house, that's not legal. You can't do that. That's against the rules. Dude, we got rules in this league during a pandemic. And, um, you know, he did. I mean, we never really knew if he went to Leftwich's. That was the intent. He did walk into the wrong house which is breaking and entering, but he didn't break any NFL rules. And then I guess he, he had the duffels. They never said what was in those duffels, by the way. Now I know why Jameis struggled last year. He went to pick up a playbook and brought duffels. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, it's a lot of material. I wonder if Brady's going to struggle with it if there's that many, that I many mean, how, in the book. It's fair to ask. It's fair to ask. How damn big is this playbook? That's what I mean. I mean, because how does that conversation go? Hey, Byron, how's it going? Hey, listen, um, I got your address. I'm going to push this in my ways here. Uh, yeah, I'm coming from Jeter's place. Yeah, no, it's huge. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, bring um, a couple bags. Live? Yeah. And so you need me to bring what? Duffel, what, duffel bags? Two? What? Is this a playbook, right? My God. How much is there? Okay, I'll bring them. Yeah, sure. I'll be, I'll be over. Like, two duffel bags? Of course, the theory goes that Brady brought the bags, but they were already full. And that they were full of footballs. And he was going to work out with Byron Leftwich, quarterback in his well, own right. Maybe he was just picking up his uh, new Bucks threads, new jerseys and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. He was picking that up from Byron. Started to bring some duffel bags. Right. It's, exactly. It's like high school. You go in, the coach hands <laughs> you the uniform. He, he gives you the number, and then, you know, you put it all in your equipment bag and you walk out. I did that in college quite a bit. No, nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know what the duffels were for, man. Maybe he had some film. Maybe he had some some DVDs. What do they use these days? Say, what do the kids use? It's all on the SD card, if anything. I mean, fits well, but in I mean, your pocket. They just download it. Don't they That's just what I mean. give it to you? you know, if you're going to have yeah. a hard copy, it's on like an SD card. fits in your pocket. That's right. So you don't need a duffel for that, do you? I thought duffel the playbooks bags. were all on uh, tablets anyway. You don't now, need what about this? What about this? Because this is intriguing to me. How about if Brady was bringing Leftwich something like TB12 stuff? That could have right? been. Like, hey, how about how, some how avocado about some shakes? Al- avocado ice cream, <laughs> my TB12 book. How about these shirts? TB equals TB. Have you seen the new creamsicle right? shirts? 
Got the new creamsicle shirt for him. Like, he could have been bringing the gifts full of stuff. Like, he could have loaded up, man. That might have been what happened. Because he's a giver, not a taker. You know, he's Tom Brady. I'm going to go with that theory. I'm going to say that he was bringing Byron some stuff. There you go. Yeah. So that might have been what happened. But anyway, the league said, eh, he's just going to pick up playbook. He's fine. <laughs> I really don't think that all things being considered, I, I don't think that uh, – I don't think that Roger Goodell wants to investigate Tom Brady. I just kind of been there, done that. Well, you know, it's going to take a lot more than than playbooks. It's we did we did four games for deflated footballs that we couldn't prove. So. Roger's resting in his easy chair there in his basement. So yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Would you want to watch a game with Roger Goodell in his easy chair? That was offered. Somebody paid for that. I guess it I depends. Guess. I mean, you know, like does I, I, I like, like Roger? I know him personally. Like I mean, for I, all I the stuff like that him. goes on on a Sunday, does he get like called and asked about? And you know, like I don't know. You know, the the player safety people calling him, going, "Hey, did you see this play in this game?" You know, no, that would be, probably I mean, not. If you saw that kind of inside stuff, that'd be cool. But just to sit and watch with him, I, I, he's you, a fan. I mean, he's an yeah, interesting no, guy. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, hell, he's running a hell of a business, right? You know, makes billions million of dollars. Yeah, makes billions of dollars a year. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'd pay for it. I would have paid a lot if I had the money. I'd have paid a lot to go to uh, uh, to go to Brady's first game to get his jersey and mm-hmm. his shoes and, and either have with a workout or, or dinner. It was either or. Sorry, uh, workout sounds great. I'm having dinner. All things being equal. Depends. First thing what's what's he ask, serving for dinner? That depends. <laughs> well, no. First thing I would ask is, how long is the workout? Because if the workout is like an hour, I could stretch dinner into two easy. Yeah. Right? But if he's like, well, we're going to work out for like four hours or three hours. Or, oh, okay. But if it's after a game, how much is he going to do? Right? He's gonna, I mean, he doesn't lift weights. He's gonna. We're going to watch. You're basically going to watch his trainer stretch him out after the game while you sit there and kind of, you know. Ask him questions, I guess. But no, dinner would be much better. Now, but, do you get stretched out too by his trainer at this, or do possibly, you just watch it? I mean, I don't know. Possibly. I mean, you're learning the TV twelve method, so yeah, maybe plyometrics will be involved. Bring bring your workout stuff. Bring your bring your tennis shoes. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. Hey, you want to grab a workout? No, no, <laughs> no. I, I sit on my couch dinner. to watch these games. I'm not looking for a workout. I want to. Right. I want to. Exactly. <laughs> I came down to the game. I watched you play. From my TV, since I'm not allowed in the stadium. How's that going to go, by the way? Uh, and and then, then I want to go to St. Petersburg in your massive house. I want you to show me all 30,000 square feet. So what, what, happens if the players, what happens if the players are quarantined and can't like go out and do stuff and interact with people? You should have know. to wait till that you can before you get to do that with him. I guess. Same with I mean, Goodell. I mean, said, can you, you know, if everyone's in a quarantine in the NFL, can you go to Goodell's house to watch a game? Six feet away. Put that easy chair six feet away. Should be good. I don't know. It's a great question, though. I mean, I hope we're not so, at that point come the fall, but. Ugh. I'm going to live in my hopes and not my fears on that one, man. It's what? it's scary. Well, you've seen some. So the um, Premier League looks like they're going to try to start in June. Right. The Italian Soccer League is getting ready to start again, which Italy's been a hot spot, if you remember. That's shocking to me. Uh, but the French, they've canceled their soccer season. Yeah. So the joke is they surrendered again. I knew you were going there. I See, I that's a cheap joke. <laughs> it is. And I wasn't going to go there. I just, I, 
You went for that. I, yeah, well. I, I was a setup, and I, you notice I took that fastball. Yeah, yeah, no, you, yeah, you yeah. watched that one go by. I got better sense, but um, yeah. So, well, that's good news. And then you know, I guess the NHL is still like we, we don't really have an update, but they're still talking about maybe. I read a story by Diana Neros in the Tempe Times. You go on Tempe dot com and read that one, mm-hmm. where um, they're thinking about you know putting teams. Sort of in regions, or it was sounds it four like four cities. Yeah, four cities they want to put, whether it's six or eight teams, depending on if hockey still seems like they want to finish the regular season, right? Which to me seems crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the simple fact of, if I'm Detroit, who's the worst team in in the NHL, already eliminated from the playoffs, actually, mm-hmm. why would you bring any of your players back to work to do a training camp for up to a month, come back, play twelve games that don't matter, and then shut it down again? It makes zero sense to me. Now, Are they talking about that? I mean, I, I don't think they're that far down the road yet, but it seems like they've they just got to they, go to the playoffs, don't it they? It seems like they still want to finish the regular season if they can. Why? They want the integrity some, of the 82-game season. Oh, come on. And, so and, one or two teams might overtake the team that's currently well, in the, in the and, eighth spot. And so if you want to bring back you know, two extra teams that are battling for it and somehow, you know, whether it's a series between the seventh and do the tenth seed or, you know, do some, a play you know, in series. Yeah. I could see that for sure. I, I just don't see, I don't see the need to finish. I mean, you've got 70 games or 68 to 70 games, depending on the team under your belt. Right. You know what the see it's not like you were only a, a third of the way or a quarter of the, you know, halfway through the season and you're, you want to have more just to make sure you've got the best teams, but you know, you're 80, 85% through. But, you know, I, some of it's going to depend on when they actually get started, if they have time to do it. Yeah. And, you know, how this – but it sounds like four cities. Tampa, Tampa is in the mix, Amelie Arena, mm-hmm. as far as, as hosting. And, it would you know, you either have – you know, you'd end up with two to three games a day. There wouldn't be fans in the building. Right. They're looking for areas that have hotels, check. Can Low coronavirus. Have, you know, at least four locker rooms in the arena, check. Low COVID-19 mm-hmm. outbreak, check. So Tampa Bay yeah. makes a lot of sense. It does. It does. It, the frustrating thing is it's going on in your town. You can't watch it. You watch it on TV, of course. Um, and I said, I mean, I, I wonder how that would work with the Lightning just for the sake of travel or lack of travel. Mm-hmm. Would they have an opportunity to play in their own arena or would they say that's too much of an advantage You'd still have to be in a hotel to be content, COVID-free? I think, or you I think they would team beds. would be in the hotel, I'm guessing. Yeah, this is too. me speculating at this point. But right. they could right. either say you have to go elsewhere or... They, you can't stay you at know, home. They, yeah, well, but I think they're going to want the teams separated anyway, period. I agree. Particularly this summer. By the fall, maybe maybe you won't have to do that. But Yeah, but I agree. They would. I think yeah. for the summer. So, the, you know, you may be in your town, but you're not staying at your house. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be in a hotel... You're gonna, you know, doing the same routine as every other team. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't think there's much of a home ice advantage. I mean, there's no, there's, you don't have the crowd, obviously. Right. Um. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that's going to be as big of a. Worry. You know how it bounces. <clears throat> well, <laughs> I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it'd just be a comfort thing, right? I mean, you're just playing on your same, same yeah. ice. But it also on the same, by the same token, it doesn't make sense to put a team from Tampa Bay on a plane to Des Moines. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they're here, so what the hell? Yeah. The NBA was supposed to open some of their facilities on Friday. They pushed that back to next Friday now, but 
Yeah. And it's areas that aren't locked down and it's voluntary to come in and work out, but they're starting to open. It looks like they're starting to open up stuff too. So baseball yeah. seems to have all kinds of plans. The question is, will the players actually agree to it? Go for any of them. Yeah. So it seems to be a yeah, lot of, know. you know, and, and, and baseball is a little different because there's not a salary cap. So NBA, NHL, NFL, the more money the league makes, the more money the players make. Mm-hmm. Baseball, your contract signed. That's what you make. Right. If the owners make more or less money, your contract in theory doesn't change. Now, if they play less games, it's probably going to change this year and it's all negotiated. But the fact that baseball is losing money this year, the players, you know, there's not a salary cap that and salary floor that is negotiated. So the players aren't, you know, in theory, losing money. Now, future players may. Mm-hmm. So, you know, baseball's in a little different boat with that as far as, you know, NHL, it's it's in their best interest to have the league play a playoffs and make money this season from television and that. There's no right. gate, but make the most money possible because you get 50% of that money as far right. as the and salary the players, cap next year in the future. The players' union in baseball, I believe, has already agreed to, you know, if there's half a season, they'll mm-hmm. get half a salary problem is you got the have and have nots in baseball where some guys make so damn much money that you know half of 25 million might not be enough to get them back well particularly you know, if you're if you're going to texas arizona or florida months. for three or four months and right you're quarantined right. and not away from your family and that it's not like you know every other week you're home and that's what some are complaining about is i don't want to you know go to texas for four months and the tragedy of this is, like, you're say you're Charlie Morton, right? And you were debating not playing at all this year. But you decided, okay, I'll, I had a good time. I'm going to play one more year because I'm making whatever he's making, $15 million or whatever. Now it's seven. Now I'm thinking I'm probably not going to play next year. So you know what? I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have a season like this. It's going to be a hardship on my family. It's going to be weird. It's not going to be like baseball. You know what? I might just say the hell with it. Now, you could have people making those decisions. Personal, mm-hmm. you know, of course, but professional and just say, yeah. So that changes everything. We'll see. But hopefully we're getting closer to getting back to sports. I mean, when you start looking around the world and seeing some leagues starting to play or, you know, when you see Italy starting to try to bring their soccer teams back, you're going, okay, maybe that's a good sign. And we'll have sports, you know, sooner than later. Yeah, it's a good sign. I mean, I hope it's sooner. I hope I hope at least, you know, I, I feel for baseball. I don't know what the NBA is going to do. At least those those leagues are just looking at trying to play a tournament, a postseason of some kind and crown a champion. Whether they do or not, we'll see. But the baseball has already, you know, you're just watching it evaporate. You know, you're watching the season disappear and how much of a season will be left. And, you know, how can they do this? Um, I know all the sports are watching. I know football. There's no answers. I mean, we live in a, a world of, you know, we're day-to-day, all of us, and we don't know where this is going right now. But but it is hopeful. I think we got, again, I think we got a hope that we see we see sports. And we're going to see Tom Brady play against Tiger Woods and, and those guys. That would be fun. Anyway, uh, lots to talk about uh, as far as uh, tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have the mailbag. But first... Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right, Chris Torello, the lovely, the talented uh, anchor from Bay News 9. You see him on Spectrum Sports 360, joins us now. Chris, uh, I don't know what you did, but I had nowhere to go except right here in front of my big television screen and watched three days, all three days, of the NFL draft, the highest ratings, obviously, because they had a captive stay-at-home audience. Um, and you know what? I When they first started talking about doing the draft, and, of course, the NFL, nothing stops the NFL. Uh, no. But they raised a ton of money, and that was great for COVID relief. And yet, you know, they, they couldn't have it in Las Vegas with the fountains and, and all of that, and, and they couldn't have the hugs with the commissioner. So they did the virtual thing, and, and we didn't know how it was going to go off. I got to be honest with you, I miss the energy of the crowd. I think, it you know, I can only take so much uh, of uh, sort of the antiseptic, you know, let's go back to Bristol and, and oh. you know, into the studio. But – I did. Here's what I did like: a couple of things. I really liked the the uh, the reaction from the people close to these players who were in the room, you know, where it happened, as they as they said in Hamilton. Uh, but the girlfriends, the moms, the dads, the uncles, the brothers, whatever, uh, when these guys were being uh, told that their 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 life's dream is coming true right in front of our eyes, and and I thought that was better than a guy just getting a hug in a green room, putting on a hat and holding a jersey and. and hugging the commissioner. I liked what they did there. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I mean, look, like I, you know, like last year we had Dwayne Haskins who wasn't there. And, you know, there are some guys who choose like, Hey, I'm just not going and whatever. Yeah, Janice didn't go. You know, it's yeah. like, you think about Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Burrow, it, it should have been his Kyler Murray moment where what suit is he wearing? What tie, you know, like how, like who's going to be in the green room with him. He's sitting with his parents in an Under Armour shirt in his, in his, in his living room. I mean, that's terrific. That's I laughed. I was like, this is perfect. This is a young kid who is just, he doesn't need to dress up because he's at home. He knows he's going number one. I thought it was great. And I, I loved all that. I loved, um, I think it was Derek Brown, the Auburn kid. All of them had like his parents and everyone had the DB shirt on. You know, I liked stuff like that. You know, I think you're right. I think, you know, like a couple of the guys, you know, were taking the phones away from their girlfriends and, you know, it was, it was fun, you know? Um, yeah. You know, we got to witness breakups live on TV basically. So um, I, I yeah, enjoyed not that all phone. Of Don't it. take that no, phone. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Those were some funny moments, man. You know, yeah. I mean, well, Mike Frable. Oh my God. Oh, what was going on in that house? Oh, wait, there was a lot of stuff happening there, man. That was really too much. I swear to God, I thought the guy that, next to him looked like Joe Exotic. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, this looked like Joe Exotic's high school picture. Like, you know, so we're, I'm a tackle, I'm tackle that Carol Baskin. So, you know, it was, it was really funny. So, but no, like, I liked all of it. And I liked how they were, um, I like, you know, for us as the media, I like the fact that it was so convenient, you know, like, hey, we're going to get so-and-so and we're going to put them up on Zoom or wherever. And it was great. So, you know, I thought everyone give everyone credit. Thank you to the Bucks. They were really great. So um, it was it was a lot of fun just to kind of get that. But I mean, I, I 
for me, you know me. I'm a Berman guy. I'm a Berman disciple. Why couldn't I be involved? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Just put me somewhere. I'll do it from the mountains. I don't care. <laughs> the Bucks finally get that big man. Like, wouldn't that have been great? I mean, it's, I just, I felt we were missing a little energy. And if you throw Chris Berman there, it would have changed everything. So I could have used Chris Berman. Like we could always use more cowbell. So that's, that's my only thing. I wanted Chris Berman. That would have been the only thing. Well, you talking about Joe Burrow. Well, bro, the Tiger King, he's the, he's the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengal Tiger. They he's showed awesome him tiger. They showed Gold the tigers. coach in his office. Oh, I know, okay. I know. Uh, the oh, one God. that got me, the one that got me, you know, you're right. There was all kinds of, uh, I mean, nobody, you know, nobody was in a suit and tie. In fact, Roger Goodell dressed right. down every night. You know, he, he was me in this whole, like he had the easy chair. First he was standing, then he was sitting. We had that, we had the jacket and, and, and the sport coat in, in, a, in a collared shirt. Then we had the sweater. By the end of the draft, he was in a t-shirt, folks. You know, I was like, <laughs> ah, the hell with it. I mean, just give me something out of the laundry. Um, the one that I liked, though, not not that this guy was a diva or anything. So Gruden, of course, goes with Henry Ruggs, right, from Alabama. Yeah. Because he's got to have a receiver. His first, two of his first three picks were receivers, of course. Um, but <laughs> Ruggs, Ruggs got the bathrobe going, right? And yes. not just any bathrobe. Yes. Like, this looked like the one you would put on from the Four Seasons. You know what I mean? The, the nice, big, yeah. comfy one. The nice That's, robe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, uh, I'm just thinking, John, did you check into this guy at all? Like, yeah, seriously. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna what, show. Man. He's gonna show up in that first day of training right. camp. He's gonna show is up that in the a, bathrobe. Uh, is that a robe you're wearing uh, there, man? I, I got yeah. the TV on here. I'm, I'm watching this <laughs> thing, man. Did you just get out of the shower? You, just, you just say, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not. You want to. You want to towel down first. Like what the hell's going on up? But I just. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was crazy. Like some of the stuff was fun. But um, more to the point. Mm. How about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah. Check. Let's see. We need. Uh, they went into the draft. We're saying they needed a right tackle. Check. We said they needed a uh, running back. Check. Yeah. How about a wide receiver? Check. Oh, check. you know what? If you had a safety. Check. I think they did pretty well. Now, it didn't come out exactly the way I thought it would because they yeah. made the uh, – st- stunningly, there were no trades until they got to number 13 with the 49ers, and it was the Bucks that made the trade up one spot. And, look, they may have given up a little bit too much with the fourth rounder and getting a seventh pick. But they got Tristan Wirfs. I'm here to tell you, they needed one of those – I mean, it's rare that you just put out a shingle like, I don't know, back in January and say, yeah, we need a right tackle, and you stay with that and you don't do anything really to address the position, and there's four of them and everybody knows you need one of them, and now it's coming down to just, yeah, there's one guy and two picks. I mean, they got they got a good player. He's an athletic freak. I mean, this guy, good kid, mom raised him, single mom, two kids, works at Target for 28 years. I yeah. mean, I, I give them credit. However they had to do it, they got their right tackle. They did, and they also they they got who I just from the limited you know I, the limited film that I watched, and the fact that I got to see this kid, I I thought he was better than most of them. You know, mm-hmm. I really thought he was going to be a threat to go four to uh, uh, you know to the Giants, and by yes. all accounts, it was close for the Giants. It was Thomas yes. or it was Worfs, you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know you start going down, and other guys are taking their guys, and that's fine, but. Um, 
Tristan Wirfs is so he's so athletic, and he his feet are. Ter- I think he's got good feet. You know, he does a great job. I mean, they they showed this one play where I think it was the the plays is a fake to the left, and then they just swoop to the right with the running back, and he has to pull and run and take the lead guy out all the way down wow. the field, and he did it. And I'm mm. like, oh my god, that's a that's a work of art right there. Like, you're going to love Tristan Wirfs because you can plug him in right tackle day one and not feel like you're losing anything with a rookie. You know, I think he's he's got the, the body of a professional and, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's already there. So, you know, some you know, obviously with limited time that we're probably going to see this summer, um, right. you know, I think some positions and some rookies are a little more, you know, going to be hurt because of it. But I don't think a guy like Tristan Wirfs, I think he's going to fit right into that line. And um, I think he, I think Tom Brady's a lot happier to have someone like him. And I mean, it's Iowa, man. I mean, I'm pretty sure you can't go, you can't go to kindergarten unless you break a huddle in Iowa. So, um, you know, that's, that's pretty impressive to get a guy like that at, at 13. And I thought it was smart of them to go up because by all accounts, San Francisco was kind of on the fence. So, um, you know, it's, it's a good, I think it was a good trade and you didn't really have to give up too much. And you got the guy that I think a lot of people considered one of the top tackles in this whole draft. Yeah, and I mean, look, Kurt Kurt Ferentz, uh, you know, in Iowa runs an offense that has a lot of pro elements to it. And so if you talk to – we've seen the linemen that you mentioned that have come out of Iowa into the NFL, and they've been very, very good for the most part. And they, they, their, their pass sets, their run, their run game is, is similar um, to what you see. And so even though he was – he's only a junior, I mean, this kid – I didn't realize this. Iowa had never started a freshman at tackle until Worf's – was there and he ended up playing like eight or nine games I think he started his freshman year's true freshman year and it was close as to whether he was going to come back to college or not but again you know we talked about his mom's situation and and uh, how hard she had worked and he decided to take take the plunge here's the interesting thing about this whole pick though so they're on the clock or the, the San Francisco 49ers are on the clock in San Francisco um Joe Staley was retiring and it hadn't been announced but they knew it and some other people, you know, in the league figured that that was going to be the case. They love Tristan Wirfs. You yeah. know, you talk to San Francisco people, they absolutely love the guy and were willing to take him there. Um, but they, they wanted to get um, some, some other, um, you know, pieces for the draft. And they were really in love with Javon Kinlaw. And, of course, when you make these deals, you know, the team that's coming up, don't tell, they don't tell you who they're coming for, right? I mean, that's not part of it. Oh, yeah, we're going to take so-and-so. Um, you don't typically do that. So when San Francisco decided to move down, um, you know, it what they didn't want to move into the twenties. They had some teams calling them from the twenties. They didn't want to go that far, uh, so they make the deal. But I'm telling you, if 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 John Lynch and those guys don't pull the trigger on this, they very likely could have taken Worfs, and then the Bucks draft looks a lot different, right? Because then yeah. they have to look at Javon Kinlaw, who the 49ers ended up taking, right? Um, and and so it's just a different dynamic, but. Uh, the fact that they were able to make that trade, you know, gets gets them Tristan Wirfs, and I'm with you. I think he's I think he's going to wind up their starting right tackle. What where I lost them in the draft, quite frankly, was with the second pick. I didn't see them taking a safety there. Although I know, and you covered this guy at the Outback Bowl. Antoine Winfield is a dynamic player. Had some injuries at Minnesota, missed two years basically. Um, but his his last year there at Minnesota, he was a monster. 
He was watching my colleague, Catherine Smith called it because uh, she was on our night one draft coverage. And uh, I watched her report live on our show at 1030 on spectrum Bay news nine. And, and she said that I expect them to go with a safety in round two. And then I was like, really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She was all over. Damn Catherine. She was all over (laughs) it, man. Wow. That's Catherine Smith for you, man. So she, uh, she's, um, but no. And so when it happened, it was, it wasn't a shock to me because my colleague had basically said it. So, um, but yeah, Antoine Winfield, I like him. I think, you know what's interesting is you go back and you watch some of his highlights from the um, the Outback Bowl and some of his amazing plays that he had. Seven interceptions, the most in the Big Ten. You know, mm. not only that, they get the Big Ten leader in touchdowns and the Big Ten leader in interceptions. How yeah. about that for a draft? How yeah. about that, Tyler Johnson? Come on down, and I'm not talking about the guy on skates. So um, mm. it was uh, it was it was really cool. Especially, but anyways, Antoine Winfield. His dad hit really hard, and I think he will too. I think he's going to be one of those guys that just comes at you. So it's going to be really interesting, um, but I, I liked the pick. I think for me, there's a couple things I wanted to ask you. If, let's say, Tristan Wirfs goes 13, what do the, what do the Bucks do? You know, like, do they take? I, I don't know. It's 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 a, it's, or, it's a great CD Lamb. Like, do they go do what? Jerry yeah, did? they could they could have gone receiver there. Um, it depends on who their next rated highest rated player. I don't think that it would have been a stretch if they had gone with Javon Kinlaw themselves. If you'd have just flipped yeah. those picks, if San Francisco had taken the tackle, maybe the Bucks go interior defensive line because we've talked about sort of how you know in Domicon Sue's thirty three, he's year to year. Who knows? Um, you've got to have somebody to play with Vita Vea over these next few years. I mean, that's where they're thin is on the defensive line. What surprised me, though, I guess as much as, you know, Winfield, who's, again, a very good player, is that you had both J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers there. And I'm thinking, okay, Uh, surely they're going to get – I mean, Dobbins rushed for 2,000 yards at Ohio State last year, destroyed Michigan, destroyed everybody in the Big Ten, and and when he didn't go – and he was still on the board, I started thinking, is there something, you know, is there something we don't know about him? Like, is he like a bad guy? Is it, is it, you know, what is it? And because the production is, you know, and for that matter, Akers is a very good player. But it turns out that um, the next pick that they got, uh, all the way, you know, going down to the third round, Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt, the Bucks tell me they liked him as much as Dobbins. And in fact, a little bit more. Which is shocking to me, but again, I didn't watch a lot of Vandy tape, so what do I know? I'm, you know, th- this guy rushed for a couple thousand yard seasons at a at a program that is outgunned every week in the mm-hmm. SEC, and he was, you know, he was their go to weapon. Yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised, like when you have guys on the board and you're kind of like, man, it's falling their way again, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor would have been interesting to me. Just because he oh they'd have been all over him they'd have been all over him that's what I'm saying I think if Jonathan Taylor is there first off I had all the USF tape ready to go um and I was like (laughs) if they take Jonathan Taylor it's gonna be such an that was his highlight that was his highlight God I tweeted it out just because I mean now he's pairing with Marlon Mack who's another guy we've talked about in the past yeah but yeah yeah I mean it's it's interesting because I would have loved to have seen J.K. Dobbins maybe the tread not as much. Um, Cam Akers is, I think, one of those guys that can can play, you know, for you. So, 
you know, but listen, that's the thing about the draft is there's a lot of talented guys. It's what's going to fit you going forward. What's, what's your need with your talent. So, um, you know, I, it's tough, you know, cause I think Jonathan Taylor would have been, if he was there, Oh God almighty, that would have been a different story for me if they had gone with Winfield over him. But, um, but yeah, you know, listen, you take a running back and you hope it sticks. You know, I, I think they're, yeah. they, they feel like with the weapons they have, I would think you can bring in a guy from the third round and see what happens. So, uh, you know, if they listen, if they like him as much, listen, they better like him. They drafted him. So uh, they drafted him know, and they yeah, need him. Yeah. Yeah, they need him. He's gonna he better a little advice to Keyshawn Vaughn: come in shape because Tom Brady's gonna wear you out like he That's does true. every running back he's ever had. He's you're gonna you have an opportunity. Like if I'm a running back on this team, I've got an opportunity to catch 50 balls, maybe more, maybe north of that. Yeah. And 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 he's gonna give it to you in space, and he's gonna give it to you with a chance to run after the catch. And and um, yeah, I would be all those guys got it. You know, it was he kept getting this right, like. Yeah, man. Like my dad intercepted Tom Brady, and yeah, you know, I was born a year after Tom Brady went to the NFL. It's just so, but it's true. He's old. Like he plays played twenty years. These kids are twenty one years old, so they've you know they've been alive as long as he's been in the NFL, which is remarkable on Tom's part. But the rest of the draft, you know, they got pieces they needed, Khalil Davis and and such. So um, yeah. that that was interesting as well. We'll wrap it up on this. Chris, I am convinced more than ever because I, I read um, uh, Passon talking about this in uh, Major League Baseball. We are going to have sports, and we're going to have it this summer. I don't know that there will be any fans. We know that golf plans on coming back sometime in June. Um, the NHL looks like they're warming up for a July-type tournament. I, I think we're going to see some sports here before the summer is over. You know, Rick – I listened to a podcast you and Matt Baker did on a Friday, probably three or four weeks ago. I went yeah. running during that podcast. And by the end of the <laughs> podcast, I was probably Bef- before or after you heard it. <laughs> I was probably near tears because, <laughs> no, it was, because it was, was such depressing. A tough, I know that was a t- no, and I'm not saying that like for you two. I mean, you know, you both very, you know, haven't really gotten to know Matt as much as I've known you and some others, but you know, Matt's very good at what he does. You are as well. And you guys were so, you know, you guys were very real that day. And and I'm thinking it's over. Game over, man. We're not getting anything, you know. We might as well just go home, you know. So to, to now get where we are to where you're seeing a lot of optimism. Yes. You know, I think as of right now as we do this, the NBA is, it's, November, it's May 8th now where they're going to let right. guys in. They're only going to let four in per time. And, you know, it's it just feels like by the end of May we're going to be in a position where maybe spring training is going to start up again or you know maybe we're going to see some getting closer to a decision on OTAs for the NFL or you know things it's amazing where we are now than where we were April 1st and it's going to be even more amazing when we go from May 1 to June 1 and yep. it just speaks to this country man it just speaks mm-hmm. to the you know people are willing to do what they have to do and it, my biggest wish is that by June 1 everyone who's who was out of work has a job that's my Absolutely. first wish Absolutely. my second my second wish is that we're all we're all talking about sports starting up again and yeah. um you know if anything else we're going to have tiger and phil and peyton and tom brady somewhere in may and mm-hmm. nascar looks like they're good to go in a few weeks 
I mean, I've yep. never, I've, I like NASCAR, not, not a big avid fan, but I will watch people make left turns all day and cheer <laughs> and I will enjoy the hell out of it, Rick. So we're starting to get there, man. But I'll say this to anyone out there who's, whether you've listened to a podcast like Rick's, you've watched our show, you listen to whatever, just or read an article like Rick's, man, we've, we've. <laughs> We've been right there with you waiting for, for some positive Oh, news. anyhow. You guys have done a great job. I mean, the stories you've come up with and the profiles yeah, um, and having to do it remotely and all the things that you guys have pulled up, you right. got to go to Spectrum Sports uh, 360, Bay News Dine. That's that's the place where you uh, see the good, uh, the good stories and a lot of local angles on top of that. And, you know, eventually we're going to get to Tom Brady's last dance. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a, how long is that going to be? That can be like a twenty-part episode, or like, yeah, I was getting. I mean, they did they did ten parts on one one season for Jordan, oh, so twenty years is going to be at least twenty episodes. And Tom, and you know, the difference is Tom yeah. will produce it. But Rick, here's the thing: that it's on Sunday nights. Ninety Day Fiance is on too. I'm sacrificing oh. ninety day for this. <laughs> I am. I'm giving what? up. The ninety I'm day fiance, huh? It's oh come on, like you've never like you've never been intrigued. It's amazing. It's the best. It's I think I had on one. I think I had a sixty day fiance once. I'm not sure. <laughs> might have been a might have been a six day trip to Vegas. Oh, no, I don't. Lord. That's, don't want to go no, there. It's a good show, but yeah, no, the last dance has been unbelievable, and we've needed it. It really too. is. We've needed. Oh yeah, it. Oh, we have. God. I need me some that Jordan. Is- and some deep Scotty Pippen voice. But um, anyway, make sure you check out uh, Chris Torello at uh, Spectrum Sports 360, Bay News 9, one of the funniest and brightest and uh, great young reporters we have in this area. So thanks so much, Chris. We appreciate your time, buddy. All right. Thank you. Hey, my thanks to Chris Torello. Of course, tomorrow is our mailbag. Get your questions in. You still have time to do that. Here's what you do. Just uh, send them to us on Twitter at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com and we'll be happy to answer all those questions for you. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.